Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going the extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk about an unprecedented 49er victory at MetLife Stadium in Week 2 against the New York Jets. The 49ers were dealing with some injuries to guys like George Kittle, Richard Sherman, and Debo Samuel coming into the game, but they leave with Nick Bosa out for the season, Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain, where he mostered an MCL sprain, Tevin Coleman with a knee injury, DJ Jones obviously still out, Dre Greenlaw gets a thigh contusion, Weston Richburg still out, Ronald Blair out, Richie James Jr., Solomon Thomas, Jason Verrett, and Jalen Hurd, all guys on the 49ers roster expected to be on the opening day roster, and they're now injured for, if not the remainder of the season, till some point much later in the 2020 campaign. All things we're going to talk about, where do the 49ers go with our own David Lombardi of The Athletic, who covers the 49ers. It's Wednesday, September 23rd. Welcome in now, David Lombardi of The Athletic. He covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic, at Lombardi himself on Twitter. David, I'm looking at this list that you put out of the injuries for the 49ers, and I know everybody's aware of what's going on. I look at the list and I go, damn, that's a pretty good team. And then I look to the right and I see there's an injury designation for like all 15 of these guys, man. This is an unprecedented time, it seems like, even for a team that could be in the midst of a Super Bowl hangover. We just don't see them like this is what I'm getting at, I guess. Well, that's not the only thing that happened. The 49ers were set to take off from San Jose to fly to New Jersey on Friday, and somebody crashed into their plane. They couldn't take off from <laughs> San Jose to New Jersey. One of the airport workers, uh, I guess, ran one of those airport vehicles on the ground into the actual jet, and that ended up delaying the 49ers for six hours. They had to take buses all the way up to SFO to get on a new plane because the collision had left a dent in their plane. So then they show up in... New Jersey at 2.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. So they're, they're playing catch-up the whole weekend. Then all the injuries happen on Sunday, and then they show up to the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia where they're going to be holding their team headquarters this week. And the MRI truck that they ordered to come to the Greenbrier, since the resort obviously doesn't have its own MRI, broke down on the same day that all the injuries happen on Sunday night. So two mechanical failures, just hell getting to the East Coast, hell on the field in New Jersey that sparked the whole raging debate over the new field turf they put down there at MetLife Stadium. All of that just, you know, really swirled into a vortex of hell that the 49ers have gone through over the past, what, 72, 75 hours. 
you mentioned all, you know, five of these things from the plane to the injuries to the MRI machine to uh, the situation with the field turf to, by the way, losing a couple of players just last week. I mean, you could say that all that bad luck stuff started with Richard Sherman going on the IR middle of last week and then having George Kittle decide he wasn't going to play in Sunday's game. But in the midst of all this, they come away with a W. They get a win against the New York Jets. They're still on the East Coast. They're out in West Virginia getting ready for the New York Giants. But let's start here. Let's start with what they've done in the first two weeks of the season. And, and that's going to take us, I think, to where they go beyond these injuries. What have you seen through the first two weeks outside of the rushing attack, which we knew was going to be there? What did you see the 49ers do well? You know, the, this team is just so deep. You really have to tip your cap to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for the roster that they've built sustainably over the past three years, because there's a lot of teams around the league that are not building sustainable rosters. One of them is in the 49ers own division in the Los Angeles Rams, and we've already seen them enter salary cap hell. And a lot of people don't get it because they think that the Rams somehow have escaped salary cap hell when they keep on signing these stars to big deals. But that's not the point. You can always work your way around the cap to put in a new big contract for a guy with a large signing bonus. But what you're doing is you're killing your ability to compete at the margins, to to make sure that the replacement guys, that the back end of the 53-man roster is as strong as it needs to be. You can't do that when you're too far up against the cap. You can only do that when you're building the team sustainably, when you're developing through the draft, when you really instill a next man up culture. And the 49ers, to their credit, have really done that. This is not the start of the injury story for the 49ers. They overcame a ton last year. Obviously, it's worse this year, but what they overcame in 2019 to reach the Super Bowl was no piece of cake. I mean, their starting offensive tackles missed a combined 13 games during the regular season last year. They lost their center in week 14. He never came back. That's really important to them. Their defensive line was decimated throughout the most important stretch of the season. They still found a way to get it done. So, you know, it's not just talk when Kyle Shanahan gets up there and says, you know, I think that we're ready to overcome this challenge. I think that's a lot of what we saw in the field on Sunday. We saw the 49ers come in waves despite being shorthanded. Defensive line of only you know six guys. That rotation was tiny. And they didn't have any pure edge rushers. No pure defensive ends. It was all interior guys. Somehow they found a way to make it work. Guys playing out of position, showing their versatility, going out there. Really, I think, uh, perpetuating what that defense had been all about. Now, it came against the Jets. One of the worst teams in football. The challenge is going to intensify, that's for sure. But you have to be excited for this 49ers team moving forward if Jimmy Garoppolo plays the way that he did on Sunday. He played as the best quarterback in the NFL. All the accuracy metrics at the very top in that first half on one ankle, even better than Russell Wilson's. And Russell Wilson was great on Sunday. So the 49ers can get a good Jimmy Garoppolo. They can overcome a whole heck of a lot. The problem is he's also dealing with an injury, so it's all going to be about keeping the ship afloat for this team until they can get those offensive pieces, especially Garoppolo, back so they can really make a run at this. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves and we say things like, I lost my mojo or I avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com update and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com update today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com update. GetRoman.com update. Every sports story that matters, join for just a dollar a month. Get all access to the Athletics' exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Don't miss exclusive in-depth sports coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash theupdate, you can receive an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories of your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash theupdate, receive an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. We hope to see you there. You talk about, you know, being successful on the the fringes of the roster. Well, now they've kind of eaten into the roster with like 15 guys that are hurt now. You've got to sort of go deeper. You've got to go into that that practice squad. You've got to try to find guys like they have already in the secondary on other teams, right, and, and bring in people from other practice squads. But I'm wondering, as far as the pass rush goes, and you mentioned like this weekend, we've already seen Kerry Hyder, who's been kind of the gem of camp, who they brought in, sort of a Swiss Army knife. We saw what he could do, but he's really more of an interior defensive lineman. They bring in Ziggy Ansa. There's rumors about Deion Jordan joining this roster I wonder where they're going to be on the edge here because for the first two games just two sacks I know that uh, I think it was Hyder in week one and Eric Armstead had one on Sunday but for me that kind of looks like what had happened two three years ago where they had the big guys in the middle to get that push on the interior defensive line but then they didn't have anybody to finish the job on the outside and if you don't have Bosa and you don't have D Ford that's a real problem I'm wondering if they have enough to try to contain these mobile quarterbacks that they haven't seen Russell Wilson yet the two times they're going to see him they have only seen Kyler Murray once they're going to see Daniel Daniel Jones, who's no statue, he's got a pretty good arm and mobile enough to make things happen with his legs just next week. They're going to have to see Cam Newton of the Patriots. I just wonder if they have a good enough pass rush or they'll be able to find enough to finish the job. I think it's a bit of a fallacy to think that they're just going to revert back to what they had in 2018 before Nick Bosa and D4. Because if you look at how this line is constructed, they're a lot better and a lot deeper on the interior. I think people assume because they don't have DeForest Buckner, they've really weakened on the interior. Of course, they've weakened at that one frontline spot. But what they have now is they just have a stable of guys who are, you know, built in the Chris Kaseric mold. And you'll notice that every single lineman that Chris Kaseric gets his hands on is really, really versatile. So, you know, you mentioned Kerry Hyder. He, I mean, he's talked about the fact that he's a natural on the inside. Well, Kerry Hyder played all of his snaps at edge for the 49ers, and he played really well on Sunday. So, boom, all of a sudden you have a guy that you didn't have on that 2018 team. And you're about to get a guy back in week seven, if you're the 49ers, who you did have in that 2018 team in Ronald Blair. So all of a sudden you're going to have Hyder and Blair. You're going to have two really versatile defensive linemen who can play anywhere and they're obviously going to be needed on the edges because you know those are the spots vacated by Bosa and D e. Ford. You really have to like 
the adaptable depth of this team. There's no way that they're going to be as good on the front line as they were with Nick Bosa and with D Ford both in there. I mean, that was a supercharged pass rush. That was definitely the best in the NFL. But Chris Kacarek might be the best defensive line coach in the NFL. And if there's a guy that will mix and match this, especially now that he's got one of his former pupils in Ziggy Anza, you know, obviously a player who's past his prime, but definitely a puzzle piece that he can use. He can mix and match this so that the 49ers, I think, can flex their muscles in a way that doesn't make the defense fall off of a cliff. You're not going to be number one in DVOA, but if the 49ers can keep this in the top 10, maybe the top 12, that would be a coach of the year kind of job, I think, for Chris Kasurik. I know they're not going to give that award away to a D-line coach, but that would set the table for Jimmy Garoppolo and the offense to be able to steal the show. They just have to keep the defense afloat. It's not about replacing Bosa, replacing D Ford. It's about keeping the ship afloat. It's leaking right now, so you got to find a way to patch it up. They have a stable of guys who are a little bit more flexible than I think people anticipate. This is not 2018 all over again because they spent a while building this foundation. Well, and you mentioned if they can plug this hole for a little bit and keep themselves afloat, they may get some reinforcements. Some guys like Julian Taylor who could be back or, or Ronald Blair who they expect back later this season. You plug those holes and then eventually you get these guys back and then maybe this defensive line is, is ready to go again for the back end of the season. In talking about how deep they are, I think that translates to the offensive side because of how deep they are on defense. I feel like we haven't even really stressed or heard much about Nick Mullins having to step in at quarterback. He wasn't great on Sunday, but I don't think he looked all that bad. I feel like a week of practice getting that cadence back with the offense or the first team offense is obviously going to be good for him. Do you get the impression that they're pretty comfortable or pretty happy with what they get out of Nick Mullins? You have to look at the schedule coming up, right? I don't think that Nick Mullins is the quarterback that'll be able to give the 49ers 31 to 34 points per game, which is what I think they're absolutely going to need down the stretch of this season once the going gets really tough. The good news for the 49ers, if there's any to be found right now, is that the next three opponents are combined 0-6. So first you play the Giants, who aren't any good. I'd put them on about the same level as the Jets. Then you play the Eagles, who probably are a cut above, but still really struggling this year, especially with the pass protections. That may give the the reworked defensive line of the 49ers a little break. And then you play them the Dolphins, who, you know, also not <laughs> at the top of their game. That was the worst <laughs> team in the NFL last year, you know, just to put it nicely. We'll see if they're a little bit better this season. But, you know, the, these teams just have not built up the stockpile of depth and strength that the 49ers have. So 49ers should be favored in all these games, even with a roster that's extremely shorthanded. And that's where Nick Mullins comes in. You have your backup quarterback who you're confident in as a backup should be good enough to beat bad teams. I don't know if he's good enough to beat the Rams in week six, but by then, the 49ers hope that Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly back and maybe even at 100% because that high ankle sprain may not be quite as severe as initially feared. So Nick Mullins is, is the bridge to the time when the 49ers envision their offense being fully healthy and being one of the best offenses in the league. That's what it's going to have to be if they want to accomplish their goals this season and, and win the Super Bowl after the Bosa injury. So Nick Mullins just has to get them to the point where they can you know, load up the cannons and fire away in, in week six. 
one more before we let you go, David. I'm wondering about, you know, we talked a little bit. You mentioned the Rams. You've mentioned them a couple of times. We'll see them in week six. They've looked pretty good through two weeks. Obviously, the Kyler Murray show has been an impressive one. 49ers have to feel like one got away from them. What Russell Wilson is doing right now is insane. But you mentioned his metrics up against Jimmy Garoppolo's on one leg last weekend. Where do you think they stack up right now on what I think everybody would agree is the best division in football? It's a lot like the Big 12. It's reminding me of, you know, those high-powered. Good call college offenses that we see in that conference and I guess it's fitting because Cliff Kingsbury is you know the coach of the new kid on the block in the NFC West with Arizona they they looked really good in week two against Washington they obviously looked good against the 49ers to open the season so obviously you have a new contender in there I think a lot of people predicted that Arizona might take a step forward this year and so far their defense has I thought really mirrored the offensive improvement that makes it tough because you got a lot of teams that can score in this division and the last thing that you want when teams can really score between Kyler Murray and Arizona, Russell Wilson throwing the ball around. I mean, he's been really aggressive early this year. They've, you know, finally let him cook up in Seattle. And obviously the Rams, who seem to be, you know, resurgent offensively this year, maybe with a patched up offensive line. Last thing you want as the 49ers is an injury to your best defensive player. And now Nick Bosa is out for the season. So that puts the 49ers in a tough spot. But what it is, to me, it's a arms race on the offensive end and I think that the 49ers have been consistently undervalued on the offensive side of the football you know for some reason there's even people who rate Jared Goff ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo and I I don't really see why I mean they're both guys that you can argue are products of great offensive minds and last season in week 16 Jimmy Garoppolo made the throws under pressure without any help from his offensive line when Jared Goff didn't. And I think that's the key. I think the key is Jimmy Garoppolo playing the way that he did in the first half of the game on Sunday against the Jets when the pass protection wasn't good, his ankle wasn't healthy, he was still wildly accurate down the field, and he was throwing to some you know, of the depth that he'll be throwing to this year. He didn't even have George Kittle, but Jordan Reed was fantastic. Well, just imagine a full 49ers stable and then imagine Jimmy Garoppolo playing well. I mean, he's got to play well. He's been inconsistent. Nobody's arguing that. But when you look at what the ceiling of this 49ers offense is, I think it could be in shootouts and it could compete in shootouts with any of these NFC West teams, right? I think it could compete with the Rams. I think they could compete with the Seahawks. I think they can compete with the Cardinals in a shootout. And if they can, then it comes down to whose defense is the best in the division. And if the 49ers can look themselves in the mirror and say, we can still scrounge out the best defense of this division somehow, some way, even without Nick Bosa, I think they're still favorites. Now, it's a lot of ifs, and they have to get to the point where they're healthy enough to prove that, but I still think that the defending champs of this division are have the inside track. I really do. They just have to get to week six, and then we'll see what happens in the NFC West. All I do know is it's going to be really wild this season. If they can hold serve for now or, or keep the ship afloat, as you used that analogy earlier, I think that uh, they'll get enough pieces back to be competitive. So it's a fun storyline, man. It could be a bigger uphill battle than anybody would have anticipated after losing a Super Bowl. All the injuries to the 49ers, but we'll look ahead to week three. At, I want to say the Meadowlands, but at MetLife Stadium yet again on that turf, man. Uh, we appreciate the time today, David. We'll keep reading you in The Athletic, following you on Twitter, at Lombardi Says, and uh, we appreciate the time, man. All right, thank you.
Always fun talking to David Lombardi. Never fun dealing with the injuries the 49ers are dealing with right now. And one we didn't even mention, Solomon Thomas is out for the season after a confirmed torn ACL for him as well. So a situation we will continue to monitor throughout this season. The 49ers dealing with unprecedented injuries here. Special thanks to David Lombardi. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you guys, the listeners. Now that we're into football season, a whole lot more stories to get to. We'll try to preview a little week. Three action against the New York Giants for the 49ers out at the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium, however it is you reference it. The New York football Giants did sign Devontae Freeman, so we'll see if he's in action this weekend as well. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We love bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you guys on Friday.